Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Come Follow Me, A Disciple's Journey. This episode will cover uh, Mormon chapter 7. It's a pretty short chapter. It's Mormon's last uh, written words to us. And he starts with uh, speaking directly to uh, the Lamanites, but he also, I think, is talking to us. He's talking to us because we are of the house of Israel. And in his dying words, his last words that he would etch on the on the plates, he spoke directly to the house of Israel and invited us to live the gospel. Know you that you must come into the knowledge of your fathers and repent of all your sins and iniquities and believe in Jesus Christ that he is the Son of God and he was slain by the Jews and and by the power of the Father. He hath risen again, whereby he hath gained the victory over the grave and also in him is the sting of death swallowed up. And he bringeth to pass the resurrection of the dead, whereby man must be raised to stand before the judgment seat. So, what does he teach us? He teaches us the gospel. He says, Christ came to the world, the Jews killed him, he was slain, and he was resurrected. And because he was resurrected, all men will be judged. And so, believe in him. Have faith in him. Have faith in the atonement. His dying etches into this into this metal plates that he knew would not perish and that would not that would remain forever were an invitation to us the people in the latter days to have faith in Jesus Christ to have faith in his atoning sacrifice and to repent and come unto him and in short he taught us what we needed to know about Christ and he taught us what we needed to do the faith and repentance and the gospel and what a beautiful way to uh, end and conclude his writings by just summarizing the gospel and inviting all men, inviting us in the latter days to to come unto Christ through uh, the gospel. And Elder Holland uh, has put it this way in terms of these being his, Mormon's last words. He said, to believe in Christ, especially when measured against such tragic but, uh, but avoidable consequences, was Mormon's last plea and his only hope. It is the ultimate purpose of the entire book that we sh- would come unto the latter that would come unto the latter day world bearing his name. It's the whole point is to come unto Christ and repent. But as Elder Holland points out, think about the backdrop that this is set against. The, the people had just been destroyed because they didn't listen to this plea, and so he's warning us and saying. Don't become like my people. Have faith in Christ and repent and come unto him. In verses uh, 8 and 9, Mormon says this and that a few times. Basically, he's saying this, the Book of Mormon, was written so that you might believe that, the Bible. And that, the Bible, also, if you believe that, you should, you'll believe this, the Book of Mormon. So that's what he's talking about. He's talking about the Book of Mormon and the Bible and that they testify of each other. Brigham Young said this. No man can say that his this book, laying his hand on a Bible, is true, is the word of the Lord, is the way, is the guide board in the path, and the charter by which we may learn of the will of God, and at the same time, that the Book of Mormon is untrue. If he has had the privilege of reading it, or of hearing it read, or learning its doctrines, there is not a person on the face of this earth who, is, who has had the privilege of learning the gospel of Jesus Christ from these two books who can say that one is true and the other is false. And uh, along those same in the, uh, thoughts and that same line of thinking, uh, I lost who said this. Uh, Ezra Taft, uh, President Benson said, I love the Bible 
both the Old and the New Testament. It is a good, great source of truth. That sacred and holy book has been an, 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 of an inestimable, inestimable worth to the children of men. In fact, it was a passage from the Bible that inspired the prophet Joseph Smith to go to a grove of trees near his home and kneel in prayer. What followed was the glorious vision that, some, uh, that commenced the restoration of the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ to the earth. That vision also began the process of bringing forth new scripture, the Book of Mormon, to stand shoulder to shoulder with the Bible and bearing witness to a wicked world that Jesus is the Christ and that God lives and loves his children and is still intimately involved in their salvation and exaltation. One of the great purposes of the Book of Mormon is to prove that the Bible is true, that Jesus is the Christ. Remember, if we if we recall the, the three purposes of the Book of Mormon that Moroni writes, the main and final one that he writes is, convincing of Jew and Gentile that Jesus is the Christ. Well, the the Bible does that. But what if it's not true? Well, the Book of Mormon here is to tell us that it's true. That is that that record of the Jews is true. Uh in talking to people who were uh, learning about the gospel on my mission, I would often use uh, an analogy like this. We I'd get a piece of paper and I would I would draw a little a small little dot on the paper. And I would say, how many lines can you, straight lines can run through this and touch this dot? And it's an infinite number, really. Like, all the way around, you could draw, you know, just quickly, you could draw from left to right. You could draw top to bottom. You could draw from, like, a diagonal line from left to right. You could draw a diagonal line from right to left. But then all in between that, there's... So now if if those lines and the dot represent where truth is... Well, those lines can run any which way. But if we have two witnesses, so if you have a Bible and then you have the Book of Mormon and you draw another dot, how many lines can connect those dots? One, only one line can touch both of those uh, at the same time. So that one of the great purposes of the Book of Mormon is to testify that the Bible is true. Additionally, all throughout the Book of Mormon, we have testimony that the Bible would be true and that they would grow together the Bible and the Book of Mormon would grow together to confound false doctrines. Nephi taught us that. And actually, the scripture I'm specifically thinking of is not Nephi. It's in Nephi, but it was Lehi talking. Uh, he says, Wherefore, the fruit of thy loins shall write, and the fruit of thy loins of the loins of Judah shall write, and that which shall write, be written by the fruit of thy loins, and also by which shall be written by the fruit of the loins of Judah, shall grow together under the confounding of false doctrines. And laying down the contentions and establishing peace among the fruit of thy loins and bringing them to the knowledge of their fathers in the latter days and also to the knowledge of my covenants, saith the Lord. So, uh, here's the thing that's awesome about this scripture. First of all, I was, I'm wrong again. As I read this, I recall that I'm pretty sure it's Lehi quoting Joseph of Egypt. So really we get it from Joseph of Egypt through Lehi and then through Nephi. So I was wrong on all counts, or was I right on all counts? Nephi wrote it. It's in Nephi. And then it was Lehi's words to Nephi, but it was also originally Joseph. So I was wrong and right. I don't know. What are you going to do about it? But he's talking about the Bible, the, the, what we have is the Bible, the uh, Judah writing, the Jews. And we get the Bible from it, that. And... Then we get uh, the Book of Mormon, and they're going to grow together under the confounding of false doctrines. Now, 
Let's pause for a moment and I'm going to read the three purposes of the Book of Mormon as written by Moroni. He said that, which is to show unto the remnant of the house of Israel what great things the Lord hath done for their fathers, number one, that they may know the covenants of the Lord, that they are not cast off forever, two, and convincing of the Jew and Gentile that Jesus is the Christ, the eternal God, three, okay? Joseph of, of Egypt said that the Bible and Book of Mormon would grow together to lay down false doctrines and lay down contentions, establish peace, bringing them to the knowledge of their fathers. Oh, that was number one, right? Which is to show unto the house of Israel what great things the Lord has done for their fathers. Uh, okay. And also to the, the knowledge of my covenants. Oh, okay. That was number two, right? And also that they may know the covenants of the Lord, that they are not cast off forever. Oh, interesting. The purposes of the Book of Mormon are the same to bring to, to bring to our remembrance the house of Israel and the that the great things that the Lord has done in the past and for the house of Israel and also the covenants that he's made with them that we know that we're not cast off forever and ultimately to convince us that Jesus is the Christ and through his atoning sacrifice those uh, covenants will be fulfilled so that's uh that's pretty cool I think that and in, in Mormon's dying words here, his last engraving to us, he testifies not only of his of his book that he had compiled, the, that we have as the Book of Mormon, the history of his people, but also of the Bible and that they testify uh, of each other. And then ultimately he says, they both will teach you to do the same thing. Have faith, have repent, uh, repent uh, and be baptized in the name of Jesus and uh, lay hold upon the gospel of Christ. And that's what the book, Bible and Book of Mormon do. Uh, and they do it together. Thanks for listening. Uh, that's the end of this short uh, chapter and short episode of Come Follow Me, Disciples Journey. I appreciate you joining. Uh, I hope you join me in the next episode as uh, we discuss more, uh, Mormon chapters 8 and 9. And in the meantime, uh, best of luck in your studies. Uh, and I know that as you... Uh, are prayerful in your studies. The Lord will teach you how you can uh, learn from and become closer to him through both the Bible and the Book of Mormon. Catch you next time.